the whole time while I worked there, I was going to work, you know, eight to five, and then I'd come home and every night I would draw until I pretty much went to sleep. So I felt like I kind of had two jobs. But mm -hmm. the drawing part was the one that I was like, I love drawing and I would never want to do anything else with my time other than this. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I talk with Annie Curl, aka Spring Groove. Annie is an illustrator based in Michigan, and is the mind behind the comic It Strikes a Chord, which can be found on Webtoon. Our conversation ranges from her creative process, her influences, whether they be musically, literary, or even a cat-themed bookshop, and overall lessons she's learned along the way being a freelance illustrator. With that in mind, just sit back relax and get ready for Annie Curl's journey as Spring Groove. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast and first of all thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to sit down and chat with me tonight. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. So let's talk about your art and illustrations and so your followers know you know you primarily as Spring Groove, and I've always been curious, what is the origin behind that name? Honestly, I, I grew up playing music. I grew up loving music. I play guitar. I've been playing since I was like 10, and like spring is my favorite season. So I just kind of was like trying to come up with a username one day for this like art blog that I made on Tumblr, and I was like, eh, that sounds good. I'll just put that. So <laughs> I just like kind of put that in the title and I never looked back. <laughs> it's not a very exciting story, but that's what I got. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That makes so much sense. So when you, I guess, break it down that way and everything. And actually that segues perfectly in my next question too. So your comic, It Strikes a Chord, that can be found on Webtoon. Now that has a lot of, I, I notice like musical influences and stuff, yep. I guess, nods and stuff towards that as well. Right. So, and I know that comic is centered around Stevie Ford, who's the frontman of a pop punk band. And I noticed that even in your episode titles, you reference bands like Green Day, Newfound Glory, Lit. So out of curiosity, what are some of your favorite bands of all time or ones you're currently listening to? Well, all right. My favorite bands of all time, I would say, well, currently, like, this is kind of obvious if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, but my current favorite band is BTS. And I've been listening to yes. them since like 2018 and I'm kind of obsessed with them. But other than that, though, I listen to like a lot of different kinds of music. I always have. I just like will listen to pretty much anything. But mm -hmm. when I was like growing up in my like formative years, I would say my like <laughs> my favorite bands were and still are like Fall Out Boy, Green Day, Say Anything, like Simple Plan, Good Charlotte, like early pop, like kind of like cornball pop punk a little bit, but... It's, I don't know. It speaks to my soul. Also, like, when I was a little kid, Josie and the Pussycats was, like, my favorite movie. And I think that's, like, <laughs> that really also had, like, a huge hand in the direction that I went. And it was, like, why I started playing guitar. And then I learned about, like, Weezer and Guns N' Roses and, like, just fucking, I don't know, a bunch of classic rock music. I also grew up listening to the Beatles all the time. So my dad loved the Beatles. So the Beatles are also one of my favorite bands. Yeah. 
I listen to just a lot of rock music, pretty much. <laughs> no, that's so awesome. And I can definitely pick up on some of those influences, too, just reading through It Strikes a Chord. I went through and I, I read it all last night and oh. really enjoyed it. And Thanks. Yeah. Looking forward to, to seeing what, what happens as more episodes get released. But like I said before, that can be found on, on Webtoon. Yeah, I guess for the listeners, can you give a brief overview of what A Strikes Accord is about? Yeah, so it's set in the early 2000s and the main character is named Stevie. He's like the front man, guitar player, singer of like the biggest pop punk band in the world, which I sort of modeled a little bit after like Blink-182 and I picture them sounding a lot like Blink-182 and the year that it's set is the same year that one of their albums came out and I always just thought that was kind of like the one of the peak years of pop punk so I said it then. I believe the album Annie is referring to is Take Off Your Pants and Jacket which was released back in 2001 via MCA Records. I actually have an interesting backstory regarding the tracks First Date and Rock Show that are explained further in my episode with Rachel Curtis. But enough about me and my shameless plugs. Let's get back to Annie. But anyway, it's pretty much about him and he has to come home. He hasn't been home in like several years. Like it's been a long time since he returned home and it's, his hometown is set in Michigan. And he has to come home for his sister's wedding. And when he comes home, he's kind of faced with like, all these things that he's been trying to avoid. Like he hasn't really talked to his family that much. And there's this guy who there's like some little romantic tension with, but (laughs) they end up having to see each other again. And he's also at the same time trying to write this song for their new album. And he's struggling with it. And he's struggling with finding like, what do I even talk about? And he's kind of like uninspired And so the story, it hasn't gotten like too deep into it yet, so I won't spoil too much, but there's a big part of the story where it's like, he's helped by the people around him find what that song is that he's trying to write and like what it's going to be and stuff. And there's pop punk music, there's his whole family, his whole extended family is staying in his mom's brand new mansion that he bought for her. And so there's like a kind of weird cast of characters and there's a bookshop and cats and yeah, (laughs) it's a good time. It is. I I really enjoyed it. And I just, you know, kept clicking on the next episode and stuff, just wanting to know more and stuff. So uh, yeah, I I love the pacing and the setup of it. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to read them more as they, as the episodes keep coming out. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. And this may be a broad question, mm-hmm. but how does your creative process work? So do you have an idea of how you want the dialogue and storyline to go first for your comic? Or do you just start sketching and form a story around it? Or does it all vary? Well, so with this, I mean, sometimes it's all a little different. Sometimes I'll just come up with like the idea first of like a, a problem. Or what happened in this case was I first I came up with the characters. I like drew them out I was like I want this to be like a pop punk sort of like throwback story of some sort so I drew out the characters and I like created them I did like a whole uh character story or not story brainstorming (laughs) brainstorming (laughs) session and I like did a whole bunch of different variations came up with them and then um I saw this picture on Twitter of this bookstore called Sleepy Cat Books 
and there was a cat sleeping in the window and I was like oh that's so cute what if it's like the rock star has to come home and there's like a cute bookshop <laughs> and like uh, so my curiosity was killing me about this cat themed bookshop S- see what I did there okay maybe that was a stretch trying to make a joke on the old idiom but sleepy cat books has a location out in Berkeley California and if that's too far to venture to experience their books and cats they take online orders more information can be found in the show notes like it kind of started there and then the whole plot kind of has been a long time developing like when I started drawing it even and when I even after I had like brainstormed almost I tried to brainstorm and lay out to some extent like where I saw the whole story going and ever since I even started drawing it it's been like even more things have been coming out and it's like a constant like not revision, but like refinement of the story as I go. So, and, and there's other circumstances that have come up, which I can't really talk about right now, but it's like causing me (laughs) to like think bigger picture with the story. And there's like a lot more that I didn't even realize I needed to tell in the beginning when I first started it. Mm. So yeah, it's going to be a long story, but (laughs) (laughs) when I draw out like all the chapters and stuff, I kind of have like a brief, I would say it's like a one sentence outline of like, okay, this chapter, this is going to happen. This chapter, this is going to happen. And I do that for like five chapters in advance. And then when I finally, like after I finish the chapter and then I go, okay, next one, what did I say was going to happen in this chapter? (laughs) And then I'll write (laughs) out the dialogue and kind of what needs to happen to get to the next plot point. And then I'll just, with the dialogue there, after I write that all out, then I go in and draw everything out with that. And sometimes I still revise the dialogue as I'm going. Like, I'll find myself accidentally drawing something one certain way, and I'll be like, ooh, I'm going to change this because this is actually better. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. No, for sure. And I think that's so cool and so admirable, too, that you, I guess, have been drawing inspiration from so many different mediums. I mean, just that that I guess post on Twitter about the, the cool like bookshop and everything like that. And no, that's, that's so awesome. And I guess I identify that with that so much with the creative process and everything about constantly revising something and kind of looking at it with a, with a new light and everything. And now I remember in previous conversations that we've had that obviously you've always been a big fan of comics in general. So can Mm -hmm. you point to any authors or illustrators or series in particular, that's a big source of inspiration for you? Yes. So my first comic that I got introduced to was Ranma One Half, which is a manga. For those who are unfamiliar, manga are comics or graphic novels originating from Japan. Manga stories are typically printed in black and white due to either artistic reasons, time constraints, or to keep costs low. But full-color manga still exists. If a manga series is popular enough, it can even become an animated series like Sailor Moon which was written and illustrated by Naoko Takeuchi. And it's it's kind of like funny, zany, wacky like is it's there's like a little bit there's like a thread of romance that kind of runs through it, but it's like mostly comedy and like situational humor. And the story is about this guy who's like a teenager and he falls into he's like a martial artist, him and his father are martial artists and he goes to this spring to train and he ends up falling in one of the springs and every single spring at this place there's like 
it's like the spring of drowned girl. Oh, a drowned girl or a girl drowned in this spring. So if you fall into it, then you'll turn into a girl when you're splashed with cold water. Or like, this is the spring of drowned panda and a panda drowned here. And like, so there's a different drowned person or thing uh, in every spring. And he ends up falling in the girl spring. So whenever he's splashed with cold water, he turns into a girl. So it's kind of like this gender bender, like, wacky it's like a high school action romance because there's like martial arts in it so anyway that like that artist too is the same artist that made inuyasha oh okay like a bunch of other ones too but inuyasha is like the biggest one i think everybody knows but so manga really influenced me a lot in my drawing style when i was first like learning how to draw that was like one of the things that i always wanted to draw or like sailor moon like i was like oh i want to draw sailor moon and so i have like <laughs> sketchbooks full of really bad manga drawings for when i was like eight <laughs> but um i would also say so like rumiko takahashi who wrote ranma one half and then naoko tekuchi who wrote uh, sailor moon and then there's like some new comics that i really like um i really like this one comic called bloom i've been following like the artist for a really long time her name's savannah guancho i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right she's an amazing artist and her and kevin panetta is the writer i think for that comic and it's just like a beautiful story it's a queer romance and the art style is like really big inspiration for me so yeah, I, I really love that one as well. No, that's so cool. It's given me so many things to check out now. Yes, for <laughs> When sure. you were first mentioning Springs, I was almost thinking, like, was that the why you like Springs so much? Is that the name <laughs> of Spring Group? Maybe subconsciously, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, that's so cool, though. I'll definitely have to check yeah. all of those out. Yeah, and now, as outlined on your Patreon, I know it's been a dream of yours for many years to pursue art full-time. And with the effects of COVID, you've mm -hmm. been doing just that, uh, working as a freelance illustrator. So I guess how's the adjustment been and how's the experience been of uh, freelancing and being your own boss? Well, it was kind of, all right, I'll just, I'll give you the history of what happened. So <laughs> okay. I graduated from college uh, with a degree in graphic design, and then I got a job, I minored in studio art. Mm -hmm. So then I started working at like this other company, doesn't matter. Started working at another company, doesn't really matter, but that's the one that I end up getting let go from mm -hmm. because of COVID. They just couldn't keep all their graphic designers in house anymore and they couldn't pay enough people. So they had to let me go, which kind of sucked. I did like my job, but mm -hmm. I didn't love my job. And there were so many things about it that I just didn't love. It just didn't feel like it was meant for me. And the whole time while I worked there, I was, I was going to work, you know, eight to five. And then I'd come home and every night I would draw until I pretty much went to sleep. So I felt like I kind of had two jobs. But mm -hmm. the drawing part was the one that was like, I love drawing and I would never want to do anything else with my time other than this. So it didn't feel like two jobs and it wasn't making me any money really. So <laughs> it really <laughs> wasn't like a job, but it was like, it was like my passion project, you know? Mm -hmm. So when COVID happened and I got let go from my job, I was like, shit <laughs> i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do i was applying for a bunch of different graphic design positions and none of those worked out like nobody could contact me because nobody was hiring any graphic designers like i had an interview already set up with michigan state university in their mm -hmm. like 
one of their departments. And then they messaged me and were like, sorry, we're not hiring anybody right now. And that was pretty much what I felt like the case was everywhere. So, right. so I was like, well, I mean, I could try and just do the damn thing and just if it doesn't work out i'll move in with my mom like that was my that was my idea i was like i'll just try it why not what's the harm so i took a couple of months in between and i was just you know praying that things would work out and i was like trying to come up with ways to make this an actual thing like tangible thing that i could actually do so i was like okay i can start a patreon i can open my online store i can do this that and other thing i could do commissions so at first i was like i was busting out commissions so hard because i was like maybe that's just where i maybe i need to do commissions and then i can just like do patreon and that can be it but then i started making more money with patreon and i started feeling more drained from doing so many commissions and it was because i mean i still like doing commissions but it's just it's a lot of drawings that I don't personally really want to be drawing. And then it started to feel like a chore to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, what, how can I get around this? So then I opened my online store and sold my art prints and I, it, it like surprisingly worked even better than the commissions were. So I was like, well, I can just open my online store once a month, make con art content that I really like doing throughout the whole rest of the month and then turn those into prints for the next month. So it's kind of just like a, a cycle for a while um, of just me getting to do the thing that I really love to do. And, and that was it. It just kind of happened really naturally. (laughs) No, that's, that's seriously awesome to hear. I noticed that you're very active on all your platforms and offer a variety of perks to your patrons, including, you know, bi-weekly podcasts, bonus art, weekly live streams, and even monthly art prints. I I know you kind of answered that already, but yeah, do you ever find it exhausting keeping up with everything, continuously putting out content? Um, yeah, I think that's where I kind of recently I've been feeling, well, before I started my comic, I was starting to get to the point where I was like, I don't really know if this is like, if I really want to keep this cycle going. Cause I'm like, you know, why don't like, I started that whole last year, which was 2020. Uh, why did I say it so weird? 2020. <laughs> <laughs> All last year in 2020, I was drawing, I started drawing comics and like before 2020, I never drew comics before. And it was always something that I was like, oh, maybe I could do that one day or like, maybe I would like that. I think I would like that. But I was always like too scared to start. And like, it just seemed too daunting of a thing to learn. And I didn't want to fail. (laughs) So I just never tried it. But then my friend came up with this idea. And she's like, dude, this would be really funny if you made it into a comic. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll draw it for you. So I started drawing it. And then it kind of like snowballed into this thing that was like really big. And a lot of people read it and really liked it. So I was like, hey, maybe comics is like a thing I could do. So then I drew another comic that year and I drew another one. And I was like, all the while, while I was drawing those, I was also making like new drawings almost every day and posting on Instagram and Twitter. And I was like, you know, maybe I should like actually work towards like an original comic and start posting it on Webtoon and like try and do this like for real because making comics is really fun and telling stories is really fun and I don't ever get sick of it 
and it's like a singular idea that's like really rewarding when you finish it so and the process of making it is really fun too but that's beside the point (laughs) but um yeah so that was just that's kind of where I started transitioning this year and I was like maybe I should start trying to just shift into making an original comic rather than pushing myself to make new art all the time that isn't just like one singular idea and it does get tiring like especially comic making like that's almost even more work I'm not even gonna lie like there's so much that goes into making it and so yeah sometimes I do feel burnt out a little bit and I find myself like not getting to post on Patreon quite as much as I want and definitely not getting to post on Instagram and Twitter as much as I want but um it's it's not like I'm not doing stuff. It just doesn't look like I'm doing stuff because <laughs> the comics take so freaking long. But but I guess to answer your question, yeah, I do feel burnout sometimes, but I always find a way to like spin it back around and like get excited about it again. So it's not something that I'm like, like the idea of art block, I don't ever really feel that. So that's good. Yeah. And what one thing that I've um I watched a YouTube video about this girl talking about like is art block real? And she was arguing no, it's not real cuz art block in the art community is something that like people talk about all the time or people will be like, "Oh, I'm so art blocked." Like, "Sorry, I haven't posted anything in a month, guys." Like they feel like they owe people an apology cuz they like are uninspired. And this girl who made a YouTube video, her name is Bailey J on YouTube. She was arguing that it's art block isn't real because you just have to keep making stuff regardless of whether you are like in the mood to do it that day because like once you get into doing it again like once you you'll eventually find something that sparks you again and you just can't stop so art block isn't real if you don't let it be real kind of thing no that's really interesting to think about and come to think of it because i actually interviewed my friend cheyenne in an earlier episode of juxtaposed journeys talking about the art she does and kind of how she deals with things and if she does commission work and step away from it and that same idea popped into my head too about how sometimes she'll have to take a break from like some commission work but she won't stop painting she'll just go to a different project and that's kind of like what you were describing so I, totally. I find that really interesting. Yeah, like you're constantly creating. It just might not be the same thing all the time. <laughs> right. And like, I'm sure with her, like when she, if she stops doing something and bounces to something else, it might make her excited to get back to doing that one and finish it or something. So I, I experienced that same thing too. Yeah. I that's, have a zillion yeah. work in progress <laughs> pictures on my ipad that i'm like i'll get to that one day and then like some days i'll it'll be like months and months and months later and i'll pull it back out and it's really fun so yeah yeah. i need to get more into the habit of doing something like that i i don't know i'll find other things to fill my time when it comes to like writing that's not writing when it it should be something writing related but then it's not it's like oh i just got writer's block i'm gonna you know clean the house or do something and I don't even know why that would inspire me, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> trying to find something. Right. You're like, well, I'll like... just do something else with my time. Maybe I'll, like, come. I mean, like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that you get some good ideas when you're doing mindless tasks. So, that's true. That's not, like, entirely wrong. I don't think you're totally wrong for that. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. I'll just take a shower instead. So. <laughs> right. Shower thoughts. Exactly. Out of curiosity, have you ever considered, I guess, hiring anyone to do any of like the the smaller tasks or maybe like social media posts or managing emails? I don't want to say smaller tasks, but you know, like so you can focus on drawing. The only thing I've ever thought about maybe hiring somebody to do eventually one day if it ever gets to a point 
where I'm making enough money to hire somebody. Right. <laughs> I would love to hire somebody to color my comic for me because that takes so much time. I can't answer emails. I can answer DMs. I can, I can't answer all of my DMs. Honestly, I get a lot, but, <laughs> but I don't have to answer all of them. Sometimes it's just somebody like reacting with a like laughing emoji to something on my Instagram story. But right. like, the comic it takes seriously so much time and the coloring process takes like almost just as long as the lining and everything so if i could get somebody to color it for me it would make my life a lot easier so it's definitely something i've thought about if i ever get to that point one day for sure yeah because i mean just looking at everything you do like i honestly couldn't even wrap my head around how you're able to juggle everything so yeah, I've never had that thought that, like, you're not <laughs> working on something to do with something. I, I feel like you're always just working on or doing something. Maybe it's like... just, like, you know, you're your own worst critic. Right. And you're like, oh, it looks like I'm not doing anything right now. These people are probably like, where the hell is she at? <laughs> She's not posting. She hasn't posted in four days. But, like, yeah. <laughs> I am working on things. But I'm sure nobody's really thinking that. I identify with so much of that, honestly. Even when it comes to, like, this podcast or you know, Juxtapose Journey's blog or the social media pages or in general, it's like, oh man, I really should post more consistently or something like that. Like I've been slacking so bad. People are going to think I'm not taking it seriously or something. Like, I think we all just kind of think like that in a way, but it's just, I'm just always busy doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Like, and I definitely, there's like so many things that I also need to be doing that I just don't have time to do. Like it's, the list is just endless. <laughs> It's like housekeeping stuff. Like, oh, I should like keep track of my receipts and stuff. Oh, I, where the frick did I put my receipt for that one random trip to the post office? Oh, well, never mind. I'll get to it later. Four months later. Oh my God, my taxes are due. Right. <laughs> like shit. So yeah, I don't even no. want to talk about taxes. I... Just get away from that. <laughs> I hate thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get you audited or anything. So, please don't. <laughs> no. I don't trust myself with my taxes, so I had somebody do it for me, but it was not fun. At all. <laughs> the result was not fun. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Uh, I don't know. I I identify with so much of that too. Like, there are so many things. I'm like almost envious of people who are are bored because I can't remember like the last time I was bored. My mind's just continuously running to like, I could get ahead on this. I need to focus on you know doing this, or I could. I have, you know, 15 minutes of free time, I could start working on this. And then like, obviously that gets exhausting living that way. Um, all the time. Right. It's, it's just like, like so much to do so little time. Exactly. No, for sure. And I mean, speaking of social media and stuff, I see you have quite the following on Instagram, Twitter, Webtoon, and basically everywhere. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot. It is a lot. It really is. <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I know there was a time where I was like, really really looking at numbers when I was first starting out because when I was working at my last job it was in advertising and I remember like this one day I was just like I'm so fed up with this job and I was like I don't think I want to be an artist one day and <laughs> just be like a full-time <laughs> artist and it was like pipe dream have you found any any helpful ways like the best way for you to network or put your name out there or any helpful hints for people oh yeah so in the beginning when I was first starting I was posting every day and I was like I really want to be an artist. So I was researching Instagram, like what is the algorithm on Instagram? How do I tap into the algorithm? Because there was, there, the only way to grow is like 
to reach new people and then like have Instagram kind of push your stuff through like the for you page basically or whatever it's called on Instagram. <laughs> That's the TikTok. But <laughs> so like, you know, like how how do I get in somebody's explore page? That's what it's called on Instagram. And I was really focused on Instagram in the beginning. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of moving away from it a little bit more now just because it seems like Instagram isn't really favoring artists because they can't post new content every single day. Mm-hmm. It's honestly not normal to do that. So, cause art takes so long to make right? and Instagram really favors people like influencers who can post every single day. For sure. But back when I was like first starting, I was pushing myself to post every single day. And I think that's how it kind of started happening for me was because I was like constantly churning out new content. And then I got lucky with like this comic that I had started writing last year, my first one. And it was like so shitty in the beginning, looking back on it. But <laughs> it's like people started really following me and like following that comic and that story that I was telling last year. And I think that's where I got a lot of my followers from. So it's like partially what's the algorithm telling you you need to do. And partially it's like, do you just make good content? Sort of. For sure. And I'm like, definitely. I I mean, since I started posting my original comic, I think I posted originally in the beginning too, I was posting like all BTS fan art and I'll just be open about it. I've lost a lot of followers since I started posting majority original content on Instagram because the people that started following me aren't here for only my art. They're here for other things too. Okay. But a lot of people have stayed and I am still getting a lot of followers from that. Like I'm losing old followers, but gaining new followers. So, and on Twitter, I'm, I'm still gaining followers somehow, <laughs> even though I feel like I just like tweet out of my ass every day. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just like make friends. If you want to gain followers, make friends with people, repost their work, support others. They'll support you. That's kind of, I don't know, long story short. <laughs> For sure. No. Yeah. Uh, great pieces of advice. And I'm, I'm sure this is all one and the same or anything, but um, are there any other, I guess, pieces of advice you would love to offer for any, I guess, like aspiring illustrators or artists in general? A lot of people ask me that are like aspiring artists, where do I start? Like, I don't know where to start. And Mm -hmm. just like you want to draw people, start looking at anatomy, start doing like life drawing studies, studies, do studies, because (laughs) When you study, you learn things. That's literally the definition of studying. So you'll like start to memorize like, oh, or your hand will start to memorize like how different curvatures work in the body. Or like if you're trying to learn to like, how do I figure out perspective? Like look at perspective drawing books and study perspective and stuff like that. So it's all just like do your studying work as well as draw the things that you just like feel in your heart like oh i really want to draw this or like if you're if you're really passionate about a tv show or something and you're like i really want to draw the characters from this tv show but i feel like i'm not good enough just like do it anyway like nobody else is going to do it for you just do it <laughs> so just draw <laughs> what you want to see in the world be the, be the artist that you want to see in the world but you'll like you'll just you'll start getting better over time. People are like, how do I find my art style? It's like, you don't find your art style. Your art style finds you. Like it just happens naturally. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a lot of different little advice tips. I feel like I get a lot of the same questions all the time on like 
how do I find my art mm -hmm. style and like what do I draw and stuff like that but it's like it's not that complicated of an answer really so yeah no for sure it, it's actually really funny because as you were talking about you know if you want to learn how to draw I guess people better than to study anatomy and all that stuff and I just remember reading through your comic last night and then I got I just happened to be scrolling through the comments at the end and someone like praised you for how you drew the bike and they're like bikes are hard to draw and it got me thinking I was like you know what bikes are really hard to draw and like you crushed it there you did you did an awesome job I with it literally and... looked at a photo <laughs> of a bike <laughs> it's like I can't picture a bike in my mind. If I pictured a bike in my mind, it would be like a stick figure on a bike and it would be like completely fucked up. Like I can't, I can't draw stuff from memory. But the point is, is like, if you don't know how to draw something, you can just look at a bunch of pictures of it and then kind of like see the mechanics of things and how they work. Like doing little studies of different parts of a bike or something. If you're like, it's the same idea as trying to learn how to draw anything but also thank you because that bike was really hard to draw and i appreciate the compliment <laughs> <laughs> yeah no problem well, maybe and maybe that's been my issue all along because every time i try to draw like a bike or a car like it it does not look like that at all and um and maybe it's just because i wasn't looking at a picture of one or something like that and i was trying to do it from memory because i realized i cannot do that either <laughs> right like your brain just isn't built to like conjure a perfect image and like translate that to your hand when you're like all right now export this image in a drawing form and then it just like looks like <laughs> a two-year-old drew it like <laughs> oh yeah uh, that's hardcore what mine turned out to be <laughs> honestly if i had to draw a car from memory, like literally any sort of like mechanical object from memory it's over like it's, <laughs> it's not happening <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like a long time ago, I was just, I don't even know. I was just like doodling or something with a friend. And then I, I got like drawn a drum set and they're like almost like laughing. Like, what's that? <laughs> like, it's a drum set. And I was like, that does not look like a drum set. You're an asshole. <laughs> I'm never drawing like, How again. dare you? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I quit yeah. drawing. And that was the end of my art career. Yeah. How's it feel? You just like made me ruin like i could have been the next van gogh and you just crushed my dreams <laughs> fuck you dude fuck you <laughs> exactly and all along i could have just been looking at a picture of a drum set and i would have been fine right no. exactly <laughs> maybe you could like send him a picture of a like your like spend like months learning how to draw a drum set and then send him a picture and be like does it look like a drum set now brian <laughs> <laughs> I've been training for, for years. I've spent you? I don't even remember any of this. <laughs> oh man, get like instantly blocked after they're like, "I don't know you. Please stop contacting." Me. <laughs> this is an amazing scenario. <laughs> I know. I really want this to happen now. I, but, I support um... <laughs> you in your dream of drawing a drum set. Thank you, thank you. I I appreciate that. That means a you lot. Can do um... it. <laughs> Now, out of curiosity, what's your preferred software for doing illustrations? So I started doing illustrations in Photoshop originally. Well, I mean, everybody starts on paper, but then I started doing illustrations right. in Photoshop, <laughs> like digital illustration. And then I got an iPad and now I do all of my work on an iPad and I just use Procreate. And a lot of comic artists are like, you need to use Clip Studio Paint. And I'm like, I don't care. So I'm just going to keep using Procreate because <laughs> I like the brushes on it and the the way that it's set up, I like. So you know what? 
not everything has to work for everybody. So that's just what I use. <laughs> yeah, no, so true. And I don't remember the exact story behind this, but it just made me think of like when I was doing deep dive research into like the movie Uncut Gems. And it was uh, the guy who did the, the score for that. They were like doing an interview with him. If you're a cinephile like myself and are dying to know, Daniel Lopatine is the composer who scored the film Uncut Gems. Or maybe you already knew that. And the synth that Lopatine started using early in his career was a Juno 60 that he was very comfortable and familiar with. Though a Moog 1 synthesizer was used for Uncut Gems if you want to get technical. A link to that initial interview with Daniel Lopatine I was describing can be found in the show notes. Because I, I love the, like, the score and the music in yeah. it. And he basically like used his like dad's synth from like the 80s or something like that. And like... People have way, you know, moved on past that thing and are using so many different things and even recognize, like, I'm sure there's a synth that would do a much better job of what I'm trying to do, but, like, this is what I'm comfortable with and this is what works. Right. And it sounded great. So it just, I don't know, made me think of that story. That really makes, like, <laughs> your art special, too. Like, people that use, like, weird mediums like that, that, like, automatically sets you apart from everybody else who's in that guy's situation, everybody else who's making music or scoring movies like if you're using this like 80s synth like it's gonna sound different or if you're like i i just found this musician who did a elliot smith cover on youtube and she plays the harp and like it's amazing it literally blew my mind and i was like i've never seen somebody cover a song on the harp like this or let alone elliot smith like it was so amazing <laughs> so it's kind of like if you have just like an interesting medium and you're using it to like make something that maybe everybody else also is making but like you just have a different medium then that will set you apart like there's just something special about whatever you choose to do yeah definitely it just made me think too just thinking about i guess seeing things in a different context and music and stuff like have you ever heard the the cover of Taylor Swift's like 1989 album? It was Ryan Adams did like an entire a cover of that entire album, I did. and it's like yeah, it's so good. It is. <laughs> I, we can't really talk about him because he's a bad guy, but like that album is really really well done. And like just putting the the ar the artist aside and only talking about the art, For that sure. is like honestly the coolest idea. It was like him just kind of proving that like music her music is good and like her songwriting mm -hmm. is excellent and you can change the way that she delivers it and it's still good like or like maybe people didn't like the way that she did it and they did like the way that he did it and it just proves that she did write a kick-ass song so right yeah yeah, and I guess yeah. Taylor Swift was a, a fan of the album and stuff, too. Yeah, it, it just made me think of that when you mentioned covers and stuff. Yeah, it's always interesting to see things kind of in a different perspective or, or something that, you know, is kind of like flipped on its side and, and is completely different than the original, but it's still really good in a different way. Totally. Yes, I agree. Around this point in the conversation, Annie went into all of the finer details surrounding Webtoon and offered some great insight for anyone looking to get started on the platform. Webtoon Canvas is like anybody who writes a comic, they can post on there. And that's where I'm currently posting on. Yep. And there's like a certain page where they'll feature Canvas stories because they really don't like there's so many that they can just get swept away in the tide of like the millions of people posting their comics and like never be seen because it'll only be seen by people for like one minute at noon 
on a Wednesday and then you'll right. never find it again. So there's like a team of people at Webtoon who that their job is to like search and find new good stories to feature on their like kind of canvas fresh picks section area. Oh, that's and super I got really cool. lucky. I got featured on it after I made like three episodes or something. And then I got like a huge influx of people reading it. And then they kept featuring me on that page for like a whole month or like over a month. So I think that's how I got like a lot of my readers was just from them seeing me on the on that page mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's funny, too, because, yeah, like I so I downloaded like the app yesterday and then it's like when I'm setting up my profile, it's like asking me all these different questions of like, like what genres are you into? Like what image appeals to you? All this stuff and like ask me all these different questions and they set up like a personalized homepage with all these different comics like you know check out this one and then recommending all these other ones and it's like overwhelming almost because i could tell there's like so much there and it's like (laughs) it is like especially like the first like when you first get into webtoons and like reading online comics there's just so much that's overwhelming but the more the more time you spend on the site like you start reading a comic you're like "Eh, this isn't really for me Mm-hmm. And you go on to the next one and then like just the more time you spend on the app you'll see kind of like the same comics over and over and then like maybe like the fourth time you see it you're like oh maybe i'll check that out and then like you look into it and it's like surprisingly really good and it's like exactly what you're looking for because that's happened to me so many times on webtoon because i like i don't really have that much time to read comics <laughs> because i spend all my time making comics but there's like a few on there that i really like so yeah and it's because I've seen them just constantly blasted on Webtoon's, like, homepage. <laughs> no, that's so awesome. Is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on real quick? Yes. So, first of all, I just wanted to say, if any of my followers are listening to this, I just wanted to say thank you guys for following me on all my social media. If you read my comic, I wanted to thank you super much. Super. Thank you so much. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you so much for reading my comic and for supporting me. If you support me on Patreon, if like, even if all you do is follow me, you never talk to me. You just kind of are one of those silent followers. Thank you. Because like, just when I first started drawing, I was just happy that people wanted to see something that I made and didn't hate it. And now people legitimately do like my art and tell me all the time. And I just like, wanted to say thank you for kind of following me on my journey and stuff. I really appreciate you guys. And also a tip for, well, not really a tip, but just like a word of advice, I guess, for anybody who's starting to not even just draw. If you're just like starting, you, you, you're creating something, maybe it's podcasting, maybe it's drawing, maybe it's writing, whatever you're doing that's creative, posting on YouTube, anything. Don't worry in the beginning if it's going to make you money. Don't worry about, like, how many followers you have. Don't worry about, like, metrics too much. Just start doing it. Like, if you want to do something, just start doing it. Because, like, you're never going to be perfect when you start. No matter how much you tell yourself, it has to be perfect from day one. Like, it's never going to be. That's the reality. And, like, I learned that when I was posting, when I first started posting on Instagram and my art low-key sucked looking back on it it's not great and when I first started making my comic like when I look back on that like my first comic ever 
it's not great. <laughs> and it's kind of embarrassing, but like you're you're just going to grow from it and even if you think it's even if like you think, "Oh man, like I wanted it to be perfect and it sucks. I never want to post this." Like if you do post it, people will still like it. Like you're your own worst critic. But really what I want to say is if you want to make something, just make it and share it and don't worry about if people will hate it. Just post it and like you never know where it could go. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. No, all great pieces of advice for sure. And uh, where can people find your art, socials, and anything else you want to plug? You can find me online on Twitter and Instagram and Webtoon if you want to read my comic. It's all the same username. It's Spring Groove, um, all one word, and there's only one G and three O's. So, yep. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. That sounds really complicated. Thanks. <laughs> I post a lot of BTS content on Twitter if you like that, if you're into that. <laughs> but sometimes there's just like, you know, I post like random art too. And then sometimes I post like stupid shit that I think of because <laughs> it's Twitter. So. Right, naturally. <laughs> Now I was I was just actually talking to to Leash about that because I think I'm slowly starting to be in like the BTS army because like after no. my conversation with her and then like and then Spotify's recommending you know their stuff on my release radar and They're it's like for you, dude. I I'm yeah it's it's gonna happen I feel like no this is super fun and it was really great to just sit down and chat with you about the finer details of everything that you do and like I said I mean I I read through it strikes a chord last night and I just couldn't put it down and i just kept going to the next episodes and then all of a sudden like oh man i'm out of episodes like whoa i gotta know what happens next and so yeah um, no pressure not to rush you or anything because i know you're very busy but i know the episodes (laughs) will come (laughs) they will i i had to i just got done moving so i've kind of had it on pause because i've been so busy like packing my shit (laughs) yeah likely excuse moving geez (laughs) Okay, it's moving and there's other shit too, okay? I don't know what to tell you, but I'm going to try and put out a new episode very soon, so once I'm settled in and everything, it'll be there, I promise. (laughs) Perfect, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, and and once again, you know, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me. I really enjoyed this, and I'm looking forward to all the stuff that you release and everything that you're, yeah, all the wonderful stuff you're going to be releasing. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to all of Andy's pages, along with other resources, can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for the Juxtapose Journeys podcast. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, send an email to juxtaposejourneys at gmail.com with a brief description for a chance to be featured in an upcoming episode. Or you can find Juxtapose Journeys on Podmatch and request an interview that way, if that's any easier. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner, and music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing for this episode was done by R.B. Rowe. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. 
Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.